Welcome to the RV Podcast. This is episode 480. And in this episode, we're going to look at some of the dominant RV internet trends that you can expect in 2024. Hello everybody, I'm Mike Wendland and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride Jennifer and we are coming to you from the road today direct from Tampa, Florida and uh, the uh, place where all this week you'll be hearing RV news set at the Florida RV Super Show. This is our 12th year. Wow, I didn't realize this. it had yeah. been so many years. What I'm excited about right now is I see some blue sky. Yes, it's cold though. It's uh, temperatures in the 50s. I wonder if I can show them <laughs> how crowded. We are in the special campground area that is for uh, vendors and media and stuff. Can you see out the window? I think this one, the back window. Yeah, I'll get to that. Look at how close we are to everybody. But these are all our friends. We know all these people. And that one, right there, they actually tried to put a uh, unit right, uh, right there next to us, but they the put, two slides would. They yeah, they did put a one unit there. right next to us, but the problem was they couldn't open their slide. Yeah, the slides would not come together, so it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Hey, we should remind everybody that this podcast is available in video form on the RV Lifestyle YouTube channel. Have you subscribed to our channel yet? Go over to YouTube. Please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. And of course, on audio as a podcast, it's on all of the podcast apps. Uh, this has been a very busy week for us since we were with you uh, a week ago. We have driven uh, 1,400 miles to Tampa, Florida. We left uh, with... Uh, Show um, a picture of Bo. Oh yeah, Bo is in the RV. Well, for those of you watching on YouTube, can you see Bo over there? He has assumed the position. He is uh, out like a light. Yesterday was a rough day on all of us, but uh, with the pouring rain and everything, Bo had had it. Yeah, we left Michigan in snow and had to be towed out of our driveway, literally, by a tow truck. He had to come and hook up the the, and pull the, the fifth wheel and the truck out of a snowbank that we couldn't get out of, even with four-wheel drive. That's how much snow. And then that was, we knew we couldn't stay. And uh, we couldn't leave Friday. We had to leave Thursday. And we couldn't leave we Friday. We had to get out of town. Because Friday they got 11 inches of snow. So we drove all that. We finally got on, on the road, drove hard to get where we needed to be, didn't arrive till after dark. And you know how miserable that is. And then the next day uh, that we arrived in Cave City, Kentucky that first night, and then mm -hmm. the next day we made it to just north of Atlanta, but it was pouring rain the whole trip. That just, it was. And, and heavy visibility winds. Was, uh, was challenging. You've all been there, but never for a whole day. Normally you can drive out of it. Yeah, and a, and a couple of... Uh, a couple of in motor issues with our truck, with yep. the engine, somehow in all that rain, we got water in the fuel, maybe when we were filling it up, I don't know, at some point. Um, and uh, anyway, never a, a lot of drama. And we, actually, we videotaped the whole thing, so we will do a video that shows you always drama in an RV trip, but you had a, you had a great perspective for it. Do you remember what your perspective was? I don't remember what I said. You said, is it like childbirth? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I said, is this kind of like childbirth? I mean, the rough beginning, four-hour late head start, $350 for this tow truck, and then a day of dreadful driving. I said, I wonder if this is like childbirth, that you forget it. Yeah. Before the next trip. Once you get there, you're like, ah, everything's great. Well, even though we're in this dreadfully crowded campground, we are right on the showgrounds, so that's nice. And we are surrounded by a bunch of uh, friends who also uh, do influence uh, videos and uh, and uh, RV uh, reports and stuff from the road. So I hate to tell you, somebody will be put next to us. No, there's no room. You they cannot, said a B. You can't even put a Class B in between. Really? Us. No, can't do it. Hmm. So there you go. Anyway, so that was part of it. And then the other part, just before we left, uh, and I think we announced this on the podcast last week, but uh, we were really excited because we published our uh, 19th and 20th books, our e-guides, uh, e-books on uh, RV lifestyle. Because we figured you all needed a winter camp out. Book. Yes. You need a winter camp out guide. You need something to help you so that you'll have the confidence. And that was our, that's our first one, the RV lifestyle winter camp camping guide why stay home just because it's cold you can go camping and so we wrote a guide and uh, there's no need to give up your camping um, and we tell you everything you need to get your rig ready before you go uh, how to camp how to stay warm in cold weather and even snow and we just really loved it and we'll put links to all this in the description below but uh, the RV lifestyle winter camping guide you know you're not gonna go camping for a month or anything you're not going to camp for probably a week because you don't have running water if it's in a really cold climate. There's always those who do, but there uh, are. But it's you, not what you we can would smell do. them coming, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, for two or three day trips, uh, weekend getaways, winter camping is great. So take a look at check out that book. It's uh, really fun. And then questions that we get asked all the time. So we decided that we could try to help some folks, and that's the newbie's guide to the RV lifestyle. And that is one of our favorite books. We have been collecting these literally for 12 years. And uh, we've all been newbies once. And really, every time we do something different, we're a newbie then. So we're constantly newbies. And we have everything from choosing the right RV to how to plan a trip, how to get the best destinations, the little ins and outs and uh, interspersed with our memories and some anecdotes that are practical that will help you learn. Um, and uh, I, I really am proud of that one uh, as well. The Newbie's Guide, the RV Lifestyle. That was book 20 and book 19, the Winter Camping Guide. Um, the best way to find them is in, it's easy. Uh, just go to rvlifestyle.com slash books. rvlifestyle.com slash books. And uh, we, in fact, we released those. We did a live book party on our new face, our new alternate to Facebook, our uh, RV lifestyle community off Facebook group. Wow, what a difference that is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No yeah. comparison. You know, I mean, we like Facebook. Facebook's, our Facebook group's got what, 290,000 members right now. But you know Facebook. We talk about drama. That's where you see the drama and nastiness and all that. And so we started this other group, uh, much smaller, much more friendly, much more helpful. And the beauty is we can do live stuff from it. So we're going to do a number of live reports all week long from the uh, Tampa RV show. Uh, and if you have not joined that community, go do it right now. Just go to community.rvlifestyle.com. Community.rvlifestyle.com. Dot com. So that's, um, that's been a very busy week for us. Cold, 
bitter cold in the north, even down here into Florida. Opening day at the show here, which is for the public on Wednesday, it's supposed to barely uh, be 50, more likely in the upper 40s. We've never, it's usually around 80, you know? What can I say? As long as it doesn't rain, I'm happy. But we got all of our nice warm merch that we can wear. I've got a sweatshirt for every day. <laughs> We're really having a great time with the uh, RV Lifestyle community uh, that is off Facebook, but we also have a lot of fun on Facebook too. So between those two different forms of social media, there is a lot of, uh, of advice and a lot of, um, of fun conversations going on. And every week, Wendy Boyer gives us a couple of things that are happening that uh, she wants to share with us. She thinks we all could learn from. We call it the social media buzz. Hi, everybody. Over in our RV Lifestyle Facebook community, we had a recent post from John, who's planning a trip to Canada this summer. He's going to be camping there for the first time in about 50 years, and he's bringing his dog, and he asks, what do I need to know? Well, he had some helpful suge uh, suggestions of what to bring. Ken said, make sure to bring your vaccination paperwork, um, something many others also said. And he might be asked to show this to border agents in Canada in the U.S., and he might not, it sounds like. But as long as he has his paperwork for his dog, he should be all set. So good to know. And then also in the community, Jim asked all the fix-it-yourselfers out there what tools they recommend he have in his RV tool bag. Now, Jim sounds like a guy who is prepared. He has already in there screwdrivers, a socket set, wrenches, zip ties, tape, and a flashlight. But he asked the group because he said he wanted to make sure that he's not leaving anything out in case he should need it. And he got some really helpful suggestions. Uh, he, Skip, Skip suggested he bring a flat tire uh, repair kit. Apparently they needed it before on a trip that they made and so now he recommends everyone have such a thing. And another suggestion came from Edward. He said he should bring a jumper cable and small air compressor. And Dan had a lot of suggestions as well. One that caught my eye was a box cutter knife. So hopefully those tips helped Jim. And then over in our RV lifestyle community, we have a lot of people there right now planning their 2024 trips and they're asking advice for the groups of what to see, what to not see. And one of those posts was from Mary. Now Mary is planning this epic 30-day fall trip from her home in Tampa, Florida, all the way up the country into you know Michigan and then into Canada along Lake Superior and then down through Wisconsin, Illinois, and Tennessee. Um, so big trip. She said she can do a lot of one-night quick layovers and then spend more time in her destinations. And some of her destinations are going to be Mammoth Cave National Park, Turkey Run State Park, Mackinac Island, and the Sioux Locks. Well, she, Mary got hundreds and hundreds of suggestions. Some said her trip was really too much to do in 30 days. Um, some suggested she stay out of Canada and just do Michigan's Upper Peninsula along uh, Lake Superior instead. And then she got some really helpful things like make sure you get your tickets in advance for the National Park, Mammoth Cave National Park. She got some suggestions of roads to avoid in Wisconsin, a campground to stay at in Michigan's Mackinac City, um, cities to visit in Indiana and Michigan along the lake there. So lots of good tips. Uh, hundreds of people chimed in and more than 50 people shared it so it must have inspired others as well so mary make sure you take some pictures and share them with the group when you go this fall and that's it for me this week i'm wendy bowyer and i'll see you over in our rv lifestyle community or facebook group
All right. Hey, when we come back, we're going to share a conversation we had with the top three experts, the best experts we know on uh, internet for an RV. And I think you're going to like that. So uh, I just uh, stay with us. This part of the podcast is brought to you by our friends and Mobile Mustaf. In fact, you're going to meet their CEO in a minute, uh, Eric. Um, we are thrilled to be uh, uh, have Mobile Mustaf as our podcast sponsor for this segment. They are the best source that we have found in all of our traveling to get on the internet. They have internet solutions that involve um, very simple things. If you're just a, a weekend warrior, you don't need a lot of connectivity, but you, you want it to be regular and you want to watch some movies and stream videos to very elaborate systems meant for full-timers and remote workers. Their systems work with Starlink. They work with all of the major cellular brands. They have an amazing selection of routers uh, from uh, Pepwave, which is probably the premier gold standard in mobile routers. Uh, and then they have all sorts of other things, like we have their water filter that we <laughs> use. So we have, we're hooked up with it now. I just hooked it up as, as before we started the podcast. And uh, so it's clean, fresh water that's uh, triple filtered. Uh, they have uh, great tire pressure monitoring systems. So I just want you to go check them out. And the beauty is, is if you go to uh, the link that we'll share, uh, you will get 5% off. Mobile must have. Uh, and the address is simple. It's rvlifestyle.com slash mobile must have. All one word. rvlifestyle.com slash mobile must have. And you'll get uh, a discount uh, as soon as you go to that site and check it out. All right. Time now for... A uh, quick note on um, land. You ever thought about getting RV land where you know that you can camp anytime you want? Well, check this out. There is a new development coming on the market for RVers in Tennessee. It's built by the same company we bought our land from. We just went to look at it and it is amazing. Mountaintop property, great views, big woods and trails close to the Buffalo River like our property, gorgeous countryside. It's only a few minutes from the Natchez Trace Parkway and an easy drive to Nashville. These are big properties, five acres and up, and the prices are great. There's even financing. We are really happy with our property. These guys do a great job. It's hard to find acreage where you can have an RV full time, especially in popular destination spots. This is your property, your way. There's electric and high-speed fiber optic internet. No more crowded parks or reservations. You can stay as long as you want. Go to rvlands.net. That's rvlands.net. Welcome back, and now it's time for the interview of the week. And our interview this week is um, an edited version of a live stream that we did on the RV Lifestyle community uh, not long ago involving um, uh, Chris and Cherie from the Mobile uh, Internet Resource Center. The, they've been on the program before. They are full-time RVers who spend all of their time, their, their working time, keeping tabs on what the latest in the internet is for mobile connectivity. And we're also joined by Eric McCauley, who is the CEO uh, and uh, he was also an IT uh, engineer before he formed Mobile Mustang. We had a very lively discussion about all the ins and outs of mobile internet access for RVers, which is a critical need now. 
And uh, we had a good, lively discussion from the chat room from many of our RV Lifestyle community members. So if you hear us referring to a question from the audience, it was a chat that came in when we did that live stream. So sit back, you're going to listen and learn about the internet trends that will shape uh, RV connectivity in 2024. And hello, everybody, and welcome to our very special edition of our RV Lifestyle Community Internet on the Road uh, live stream. We've got some awesome guests, and I see them waiting for us right now in the, uh, in the green room. Uh, joining us right there is Eric McCauley. Eric is the CEO and the founder of Mobile Must Have, an internet resource uh, company and uh, RV accessories. Eric, uh, are you hearing this okay? I can. I hope you can hear me as well. Sorry, I'm a little stretched out. I just finished filming, so maybe my camera aspect ratios are a little off. Uh, we <laughs> see you. We see you great, and uh, we're delighted to have you with us there. Um, also popping in right now, our our top experts. There they are, uh, Cherie and Chris from the Mobile Internet Resource Center. Where are you guys Hello. tonight? We are stopped overnight at a harvest host outside of El Paso on our way from uh, Arizona back to Florida to get on our boat. Well, I want to thank you guys for being here. When we talk about having the top experts, I I don't know of anybody who knows more about the Internet than the, the three of you guys that are with us tonight. Let me start, Eric. You're, uh, you were the first one to log on. This Give us a little bit about your background and, uh, and your expertise. Sure. So um, my career started back in somewhere around 2000. I'm an IT infrastructure specialist. I specialize in building and designing and supporting IT infrastructure networks for mostly companies. In 2015, I decided to get on the road, hit the road full time with my girlfriend at the time, now wife, and with two kids now uh, in our 45-foot Class A and work full time from the road. And in 2020, I stepped away from my support IT company and started officially, it's really 2019, 2020, mobilemusthave.com. And we provide uh, all manner of products, services, and solutions, including internet, to uh, the RV community. And uh, I'm one of your uh, customers, and I think you guys are too, are you not, Chris and Cherie? Uh, we are actually partnered with Mobile Must Have. So yeah, we, we work kind of hand in hand. Uh, uh, they do um, they sell stuff because we, we we never sell anything, and um, we educate people. So so yeah, we um, so we started the Mobile Internet Resource Center a decade ago. Um, after Chris and I were had been already been on the road, so we've been on the road now eighteen years, almost eighteen years, yeah, full time. And uh, I was a software developer. Chris has a mobile technology background, and I needed internet to continue running my business remotely when we hit the road together. So he was able to get us online even way back then. And uh, we got the question so often how we got internet to work remotely. So a decade ago, we decided to solve the problem by educating people and trying to create a resource center with news and unbiased content, kind of like the consumer reports for mobile internet for RVers and then now boaters as well. And uh, we met Eric a few years ago. Yeah. And, some mutual friends and we now divide our time we're as full-timers between a, a boat a vintage bus and we're currently in our van on our way across country mm -hmm. between them yeah we met uh, eric a few years ago after he launched mobile must have and he had a whole bunch of uh, new customers who didn't exactly understand mobile internet and needed a lot of hand-holding to get started so we decided to partner up and help solve the that problem that was together. the partnership 
We call it education and action. For our, for our viewers, I have uh, known Kristen Cherie as uh, guests on our podcast for many years now. And uh, I met Eric uh, basically through your guys' recommendation uh, when we needed an, an act, something that was reliable, and we picked that up. Well, I want to get right to the questions, but let's uh, let's talk about Starlink. Is Starlink a good system for RVers? And if you were going to get one system, is that the one you'd get? Why don't you guys Definitely. take that one? Well, so there is no one-size-fits-all solution for everybody. So first, you need to understand your unique needs. Are you working remotely? Are you changing locations often? Um, do you have high bandwidth needs? Are you in places in urban areas where you're going to encounter congestion and oversaturated satellites or towers? And in particular, Starlink. Starlink is an incredible addition to cellular because it can give you um, high bandwidth it can give you 4k streaming in a lot of places but starlink needs a big view of the sky so a lot of the places people want to camp particularly on the eastern half of the country have this thing called trees which wreaks <laughs> havoc on starlink and cellular has gotten really really good in a whole lot of places as well so cellular doesn't care about trees too much so having you know, cellular as a good foundation and then Starlink as the, the thing you put out and deploy when, you, when you've when you got a good condition. Now, on this, on this trip, yeah. there were several places that we were able to go that we couldn't go in the past prior to Starlink. We were able to finally go to Death Valley where there's no cellular connectivity and keep connected because of Starlink. If you're just watching TV, you're just booking your next site, you're just trying to keep in touch with friends and family, that's a completely different case where only having one option that doesn't always work every single stop might be okay for you. All right, and that takes me right to you, Eric. Uh, what I just heard from Chris and Cherie, and what I think was our experience too, is that you really do need to have a cell, at least a backup for both of them if you want to have solid reliable communications and talk about that there is a way that you can actually uh fuse starlink and cellular uh in layman's terms would you explain how that works yeah so the core technology that is kind of at the hub or the heart of most of our solutions is called a multi-wan router or a multi-internet router and basically what that does and that's what you have is it's one device this is an example of what that would look like so little black box, you know, metal device. It's made by a company called Peplink, but there are other ones made by other companies we don't sell. But the Peplink has a very good reputation as being one that can combine multiple internet connections together. Without going into too much detail on it, because I know we could talk really all night long on that, I want to I want to just follow up on a couple of things. The, the, what you're saying is that this somehow, through some mysterious technology, which we don't need to know how it works, we just know it needs to work. It fuses cellular and Starlink together. Is that, am I hearing that correct? Correct. And you could also plug in a cable modem or Wi-Fi from a campground. It's, so you it's, could have multiple sources. Yes. Now, one question that's in the news right now, and uh, I wonder if uh, Christian Cherie and then Eric, you can really uh, jump to it. And it has to do with solar flares. We're experiencing one of the biggest solar flares that we have seen in decades. And uh, they say that it's taken us a longer time to get here. It happened New Year's Day because of the solar winds weren't, weren't quite as strong as normal. But it is supposed to, they say, have been affecting Starlink. Is this something that Starlink users need to be aware of and concerned with? 
Um, I haven't seen too many real reports. There, there's the the bigger reports is because Starlink is so much under active development is that there have been times with all of Starlink around the world or in a country and stuff just goes offline for a couple hours while they're working on things. And Starlink is very much a, a go fast and break things kind of development model. So they have outages, but um, I have not seen too many that have been tied to oh, solar we, we, storms we, lately. We do get some yeah. uh, periodic reports from people just hearing, oh, it, my internet's slow. If you go on to any of the Starlink groups, you'll... It's, it needs clear view to the sky. So the more things between that dishy and what's in space, uh, the, the worse the signal gets until it eventually drops out. Eric, have you ever seen a solar flare disrupt Starlink at all? Or is that just media um, hype that we're hearing this week? I, I heavily relied on Starlink over the last uh, five days because I was in rural New Hampshire and there's no cellular coverage. Um, and I had very few issues with Starlink. It was doing great, but I had a massive amount of sky over me with, with no trees. Uh, so that helped. Before I leave Starlink, I'm just curious, what are you guys using right now? Uh, Sheree and Chris, what are you, how are you actually accessing the so, internet? So we, we are parked under a tree, so Starlink wouldn't have been great here, but we're um, using a bonded connection with uh, two Verizon lines and two T-Mobile lines all combined together, because um, those were the best connections here at this place. And Eric, how about you, what are you using? I'm at my studio, so I'm in a stick and brick. So I have a cable modem, a Starlink on the roof, and then a T-Mobile backup that's plugged into my router. So any one of those right. can fail, and I stay on. That's a great system that we all have, but it's probably way too expensive for the average RVer. And let's start. The first one uh, that I have here is uh, from Richard Carrero, who's looking for simple Internet to watch TV when he's on the road. Christian Cherie, what's that? Okay, so watching TV sounds like it should be easy, but actually it requires a lot of data um, to stream to, you know, if you want to watch like a, a movie to, you know, you can easily burn through six, eight gigabytes of data if it's uh, 4K. Get a cellular enabled tablet and the cellular tablets, you can get data plans for them that are unlimited data plans. As long as you're not sharing it to a laptop or to a smart TV and stuff, they're watching on your laptop. You can watch all the TV you want from your streaming services on your tablet, assuming you got good enough mm -hmm. signal. And then you could just run an HDMI cable from your tablet to your big TV. So you're still watching on your tablet using that on-device unlimited data and putting it on whatever TV right. you want in your RV. And you can quite often add on an unlimited tablet plan to a postpaid uh, smartphone plan with the major carriers for 10, 20 bucks a month. Randall Dexter asks, um, Kristen Shree, what's the, uh, what is your opinion on the WineGuard Connect 2? for internet it is old technology so they are it, it's that that is a device it's a dome that sits on top of our rv there you go that's what it looks like well this is a 360 a little different but it does it, this a lot of people will have pre-installed on their rv and that's different than the connect 2.0 but right. just so, so people know what they might see up there yeah. it's got two cellular antennas inside of it and wi-fi so it's great for getting like wi-fi from your campground and redistributed inside of your rv so it, it's basically use. like a 10 to 12 year old cellular modem inside there so it is very old cellular technology so you're not going to get the fastest speeds and you're definitely not going to be able to take advantage of any of the 5g deployments that the carriers have done so it can be okay. It's got nice antennas. It's on your roof, but it's it's if also you, very dated. If your needs are very basic, it's fine. If you're looking for a reliable setup, we usually steer steer our members away from it. So, all right. Gene Brown asks us: Says I use the internet for email, social media, and streaming when I'm on the road. I used a Verizon hotspot with unlimited data, but the data slows down at 50 gigs. 
and that would only last me about 10 to 15 days of the month. What is there that has greater download amounts available? Eric, you want to start with that one? <laughs> yeah, well, I would say, honestly, I would join the Mobile Internet Resource Center. That is the absolute best place to go. There's a whole section called data plans, and inside of there, there's a subsection where you can sort by routers or hotspots, and that will tell you what plans are currently available for, for each device, whether it's a device from us or a hotspot. So yeah. none of Verizon's hotspot plans are truly unlimited. They all do have a hard throttle on them, and after 50 gigabytes, yep. if you're on 5G uh, mid-band, you get three megabit per second speeds. If you're on LTE or nationwide 5G, then you're throttle down to 600 gigabytes per second. They do Which have 150 gigabytes. If you don't know how much that is, that's miserable, that's slow. folks. That's you do not dial-up speeds. I'm getting a lot of requests from people who are interested in particular plans, and I believe these are resellers, and we can talk, we should talk a little bit about resellers. What these resellers have done, they are called virtual cloud SIM plans, where basically they give you a router that has a virtual SIM inside, it's not a physical SIM card. It, and then it goes to their servers where they have a bank of SIM cards on different carriers. And supposedly it's supposed to pick which carrier has the strongest signal at your current location. So you could be using Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile at any given location. And they sell the data by the bucket. Um, and it's, they're really good plans and a great value. The downside is, is the uh, routers that come currently with those devices are extremely low end and like, the one of them doesn't even cover the Verizon critical band. So how they're advertising that they use Verizon when it doesn't even cover Covers Verizon's most important band. band. Yeah. I, it it me. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eric, here's one for you from Megan Yarber. She wants to know how much data should we expect to use on a fully remote workspace per day on average? I think that a so what's tricky is at night when you pop in and watch Netflix, that can kind of blow your whole budget. So if you're asking me the question specific to mobile work and you're doing some Zoom meetings and some voice over IP and some light uh, stuff, I think you can probably figure out how to get away with about 100 gigs per month. But you've got to keep an eye on it and you've got to maintain uh, a close eye on, on how much you're using. And, and you know, make sure when you look at a mobile router or a mobile solution that there's some way to monitor your utilization and your usage with charts and graphs that you can log into and check on a regular basis. Um, if you add, if you're like, I just want this to work like home internet, I want to watch TV, I want to binge watch over the weekend, I want to just use it like constantly as much as I can, five to 700 gigs a month. That's the big number. And, and you know, that's, that's what you kind of have to plan for. Twisting it a couple of ways, I want to get you guys to look at your crystal ball here. And uh, what do you think the top trends that we will see in 2024 uh, for particularly mobile internet uh, involving RVers and campers? I, I just wrote a kind of a, an article looking at the state of 5G, and this is kind of the year that 5G is turning into something that is really worthwhile and mainstream. So if you've got old 4G gear and technology, um, now is the time all the carriers have, basically their 5G networks are reaching the point of being worth investing in. Uh, so that's an interesting trend for the year ahead. So 5G is the big thing that you see becoming much more uh, usable for RVers. Eric, now it's your turn. What do you think? 
the big trend in RV. 5G is just getting some banana speeds. Like we're seeing <laughs> stuff with the new, if you look at a 5G device, look at the actual chip that's inside of it. So the new chips allow you to connect to multiple 5G connections at the same time. And it really boosts the speed you can see, and it lets you take advantage of AT&T's new 5G, all kinds of stuff. So sorry to give the same answer, but the the care, you know, it's, you're going up against Verizon. They're going to make sure that their stuff is pretty cool and pretty fast too, Mr. How, how do you Elon. know this new chip that you just mentioned? How do you know which, which it is? Um, so the most common you'll see right now is called an X62 or an X55. If you look for X62, you're most likely going to be on the latest and greatest uh, 5G. Uh, guys, thank you for making time for us tonight. I know you've all been on the road and had a long work day, but um, we've had just great response, and people are delighted to, to meet you and hear you and learn from you what not to do and maybe what they can do in 2024 to have great internet connections uh and one, get one more thing mike just because i know everyone gets overwhelmed so we've set up a special service so i just want people to know about it you can hop over to talk.mobilemusthave.com if you want to schedule a one-on-one -on -one consultation with an expert on our team but that is something where if people are like i just want to know what this is going on you know what should i buy what do you think is the best thing for us obviously we offer 30-day, no questions asked, money-back guarantees, all that stuff. But that is an option where you can schedule a consultation at a mutually agreed time, have your notes ready, ask questions, and get what you need. All right. And that, again, is talk.mobilemusthave.com. Yeah, so we cover everything, all mobile internet, and it just happens that PepLink, which what Eric sells, is one of our top choices. One of our top choices. But we cover it all, and it can help you choose what you want if you want yeah. to look at all the options. And, and actually, Eric's uh, membership that you're joining his site gives you a membership to our site, too. So there's, like, a lot of good synergies there. So you can do your research however yep. is best for you. Yep. And then if you do go with one of Eric's solutions, his membership also covers, you know, access in our forums, tech support by their team in our forums, and we do a whole PepLink uh, resource center with all the configuration advice and using your, your stuff that we've built together. So Thank you, Eric McCauley from Mobile Mustang and Chris, Chris and Cherie from the Mobile Internet Resource Center. You guys have been absolutely great guests. Thank See you, you down all. later. All right. Links to uh, the Mobile Internet Resource Center from Chris and Cherie and Mobile Mustang, they'll be in the description below, but uh, interesting conversation about the internet. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Keystone RV Company. Keystone is the uh, nation's leading manufacturers of fifth wheels, travel trailers, toy haulers uh, that are packed with features that help their owners camp better. That's their slogan, camp better. And no winter is the time when everybody goes shopping for an RV, particularly at uh, this uh, this time in January when um, the Tampa RV show, uh, arguably one of the largest in the country, uh, kicks off. Uh, Keystone has realized with all the RV shows and all the questions it gets from people that there is so much information out there now that when you're trying to decide what to buy in an RV, it can be downright confusing. So they have put together a guide, a free guide, that shows you all the different distinctions between the various different models, from towables to fifth wheels, uh, different floor plans and styling and features and price points, the kinds of things that you need to know and kind of run through a checklist when you're shopping for an RV. It's absolutely free, and you can get it by just going to keystonerv.com.
So one of the models that Keystone is going to be revealing for the first time here at the Tampa RV Show this coming week is a brand new Montana fifth wheel. It's the model 3623EB. And do you know what EB stands for? Electric bike. That's right, because most people who have an RV, they did a survey, we've done a survey with our community, something like 65 to 70%, almost two thirds of all of the RV community out there either own an e-bike or plan to get an e-bike. And one of the problems that you have with an e-bike is how do you transport it? Um, most just put it on a hitch where it gets all that road gunk and it is just a mess and it's not secure. These things are expensive an e-bike. You don't want to get it stolen. So they've come up with an amazing system uh, to keep those e-bikes inside the RV in a special compartment, a special easy way to get them in. You know how hard it is to lift up an e-bike. Oh, they weigh 70 heavy. pounds. And uh, anyway, they're, they're, they will be the talk of the show for this uh, feature. Uh, it's a strut assisted bike rack that lets you really easily uh, load and then store your bikes inside the coach while you travel. And what I think is really nice is you can charge the bike while you're traveling, which is yes. something that so you got to do. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this is an important uh, extra that uh, is going to get a lot of attention. You heard about it first here on the podcast. Uh, and you can get uh, it, the description of that. It's also in that guide I talked about. That free guide, just go to KeystoneRV.com. You can learn all about it. And thanks to Keystone for being a sponsor of the RV Podcast. It's time now for the RV News of the Week. And we have a story that's really big news. You never hear about a state park closing. Well, in Minnesota, they're closing one of their state parks. It's the Upper Sioux Agency State Park, and they're going to close it on February 16th. They're going to give the land back to the Native American people who originally owned it. Now, this park offered camping, hiking, horse trails, and is located just west of Minneapolis. So you know it was a very busy, popular park. But it's going to take about a month to remove all the structures before the land is transferred back to the Native Americans. The park is near Granite Falls and was the site of the U.S.-Dakota War of 1862. It's the place where many uh, Dakota people starved and died when the federal government failed to provide food as promised by the treaty. So the 1,300-acre parcel became a state park in 1960. And for more than a decade, the Upper Sioux community has asked for the land back, saying the place of so much suffering should not be a place for recreation and picnic. Hmm. Well, you can certainly understand yeah, that. Yeah, I can uh, understand uh, that. So that's a big story. Yeah, it is. Minneapolis, yeah. Uh, speaking of big stories, uh, weather. Man, it um, it destroyed a uh, very popular Florida RV park. We've actually been there ourselves. The uh, uh, park is uh, in um, near the town of Mariana, Florida, in the Panhandle. Florida Caverns RV Park, um, the Merritt's Mill Pond Campground, uh, was just um, leveled by this uh, this tornado. It's uh, shredded numerous RVs in the path. Uh, RVers uh, had enough notice and they took uh, shelter in the campgrounds um, at a concrete block uh, clubhouse there and so some of them stayed in their RV. Uh, the sheriff arrived after the storm and he said about eight people were still trapped inside their RVs and they needed uh, rescuing. 
the pictures were amazing. They showed uh, large intact RVs just lying on their side. Others just shredded with the walls, the ceiling, the insides completely torn apart. So how do you know when a tornado is, is going to come or what do you do if you see it coming? We've put together a series of safety tips in a blog post and we will link those in the show notes for this episode which you find at rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts. And uh, while a tornado devastated a Florida RV park in Georgia, there was severe flooding. That was a major problem there. The uh, Riverside Estate RV Park just outside Covington, Georgia was flooded when the rain-swollen Yellow River jumped its banks and seemingly swallowed up RVs, pickup trucks, and anything in its way. And about a dozen RVers and cars were flooded in the park, and about half a dozen people needed to be rescued. Sheriff had given an evacuation order to the park because of the severe weather, but several decided to stay, and I think that's kind of human nature. People don't listen. They, they don't believe it. And then when the water started to spread very quickly, it was too late, and so they needed to be rescued. So the importance of being aware of the weather and rivers, you know, a lot of rain is... Might not, it might not even be raining where you are, but farther upstream it is. So you have to take this seriously so that other people, the Sheriff Department, other folks, don't risk their safety rescuing you. Let's talk about the safety of your pets, particularly your dogs. If you are in Florida, you should know that a very contagious dog disease was discovered at the very popular Fort DeSoto Park on the Gulf, course, on the Gulf Coast. Uh, they found and confirmed canine distemper, uh, very contagious, spread by dogs uh, uh, through airborne park barking, coughing, uh, shared water bowls, another way it can be spread. And while a vaccine does exist that will protect dogs, unvaccinated or elderly dogs or immune compromised dogs are at risk. It can be a very fatal illness, um, and dogs with it can be contagious for months. Traveling with dogs is fun, but make sure you are aware in a general sense uh, by checking the park website and all that stuff. They'll let you know if there's uh, been anything like that that's been found. As you travel, there's a lot of diseases going around right now, particularly this cough that uh, many dogs are contracting. They're telling in many places not to take your dogs to a dog park. So be careful. All right, when we come back, the RV questions of the week. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battleborne batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Welcome back. And now for the RV questions of the week. Our question is, we love the electric fireplace in our fifth wheel. We are on a trip to Florida and we set the rig up tonight in Kentucky 
and uh, went to turn it on it started flashing an error code of 88 this is a pretty new RV what do I do and that was from Bob Bob that <laughs> that's a funny uh, question we ended up spending the night in Kentucky just a couple of nights ago mm -hmm. but our fireplace worked but guess what I turned it on when we were packing it in Michigan uh, earlier in the week and it didn't work my Furion fireplace we have the same kind of fireplace same 88 code that was flashing but here's the thing um, they're not made to work when it's 45 degrees or less inside your RV in fact uh, if the temperature is that cold you will it may come on for a second but then you'll get that flashing error code because the problem would be that um, these fireplaces are just to be supplemental heat and atmosphere a little bit of warmth that you know surprising amount of warmth actually comes but if they were the only heat in the RV that uh, motor would work so hard that burner would work so hard that it would uh, burn out so it's a built-in safety factor if it's 45 degrees or colder it's not going to work and the, what you have to do is they say is disconnect the fireplace from the wall socket from the 110 volts that's a bit of a challenge you got to take a faceplate off the fireplace and then you got to pull it out and unscrew it what I did is I just went to the fuse and uh, just turned the fuse off for a while hit the breaker and then 15 seconds later turned it back on and it cleared the code and also got the RV warm so um, not a major expense uh, I would be very surprised if there's anything wrong with that sometimes you'll get that code if it's dusty if there's a lot of dust around the um, the airflow you know the airflow is constricted around the uh, the wire mesh on the front of the fireplace um, you might get it at that time for that and then you do have to take the, the take it out and just clean it up but usually it's because it's too cold in the RV so warm up your RV but if you get in that air code, um, you've got to clear it and uh, clear it from memory by unplugging it or hitting the breaker. So be aware if your temperature in your RV is 45 or lower. Yep, that's right. And you're gonna you can't use the fireplace at that point. All right, uh, you got a question for us? Our email is Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. We love getting your questions and we love getting your comments. And um, by all means, go check us out at community.rvlifestyle this week. We'll have a number of live reports from the Tampa RV Show. And uh, if, you, if you see one and you've got something, that you, uh, a particular model you want us to go look at, let us know. We will be happy to check that out as well. Uh, Till next week, thank you guys so much for watching. Happy trails!